Hello and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is The Campaigns, City of the Damned, episode number 5, Cue the Monsters. Now, City of the Damned is a special version of The Campaigns that it's only going to run, it looks like, six episodes. And it is based on an adventure I wrote using our synergy method for game creation where I just opened a pack of Magic the Gathering cards and used that as inspiration and wrote a short adventure. Um, It was designed to be an introductory adventure. We had a new player named Dustin, who was playing Ando the Monk in this game, who was looking to maybe join our group full-time. And rather than adding him to an existing campaign that we were running at the time, which which has been released as the A New World campaign, we decided to try this out. We knew it would only take two or three sessions. Uh, and kind of see how it went. I thought he did really well. He seemed to have fun. Uh, unfortunately, he did not decide to stick around and, and continue playing, uh, but I do think he added a lot to this game. The other thing to notice is these last two episodes are from the same night, and Evan uh, was not able to make it, and Rob, who has played with us before, and as you may know as Omi from um, the Maid Men games, as well as Durin from A New World, uh, stepped in to play Evan's wizard, Belial. So for the two or three middle episodes, we only had Dustin and Evan. We didn't have uh, Travis and Nick. In this game, we have a full table of four people. So Travis, Nick, Dustin, and then Rob filled in as Evan's character, or for Evan. So again, this is the fifth episode of City of the Damned, also also called The Cursed City of Calamot. So anyway, here is the campaign's City of the Damned, episode number five, Cue the Monsters. Previously on City of the Damned, <laughs> so you guys were, you entered the city of um, Kalamot, like this is from the beginning, you went to the city of Kalamot following the uh, Evans Ball, you were accused of a crime that you stole something which turned out to be another wizard's ball that was hidden in the town. Because the wizard's ball was missing, it allowed all these people that were in the city, they had these curses and afflictions like uh, lycanthropy zombies, werewolves, vampires, all kinds of crazy stuff. All that started to come out. So they all went crazy and were killing each other. You met this sort of wizened goblin Yoda-like guy who was able to get you out of the town. And he sent you on a quest to go to an abandoned temple deep into the swamp and recover something he called the Celestial Flare that would be a stopgap measure to reduce this city. That Basically, it would sort of like put a halt on what's happening to give you time to go back and actually retrieve the ball. So that's where you two miss Nick and Travis, Blaine and Ando, Travis and uh, Evan's character, or uh, Dustin and Tra- Evan's character. Damn it. Went into the swamp, went into this uh, temple that was guarded by these Yanti, these half-snake, half-man creatures. They navigated through the temple into the sunken levels and were able to retrieve the celestial flare. And then they came back to the city, gave it to the goblin. He said, this will work. You have, I think, 17 days left at that time. And then sent them back to the city of Riley, which was a few days through the swamp. Along the way, you were attacked by giant frogs, and almost everyone died because the two people that were actually here got swallowed in round one. And the NPCs that I was trying to half-ass play was trying to save them. That was great. Uh, But you survived. 
you got to the city of Riley, and right away you started hearing all these stories about miracles happening. There was a, a, a young boy who was really sick that was miraculously better. There was a small garden in the middle of winter that had bloomed. There was like long lost lost loves that had returned or rekindled throughout this entire town. There were these stories of miracles happening. There are airships in this world, very similar to like an Eberron, though we're not actually playing an Eberron. And it was your understanding that the thief came to the city to get away and more than likely would have got onto one of the airships. So you kind of bribed your way on uh, to do work. Your character, Travis, um, there was a very pregnant lady on board uh, who was also very wealthy and she sort of asked you to help her. So you being a cleric of, of war... Helped out. Smashed, smashed her uterus. No, uh, so I got her drunk and smashed the uterus. No, you actually were a great midwife to her. Oh wow! You guys got on board the the bard. You had some. Um, you did like a bard competition against this really young lithe female acrobat, who you guys later realized was the thief. So she was on board with the ball. As you went to confront her, uh, which is still the best line in the game, which will have to be the title is "I'm not as drunk as you think I am." Because Evan was trying to pretend like he was drunk, and then he did a really bad charisma roll. It was funny; he had to be there. Yeah. Um, so you went to confront her, and then you were, like attacked, a four. you were attacked by sky pirates. While the sky pirates were attacking, the lady went into to labor, and they went up to fight the sky pirates. Dustin did the coolest thing in the game. Okay, so I gotta gotta tell the story quickly. So there were these six sky skiffs that were flying off, attacking the ship, and. First thing Evan's character did is he shot magic missile, killed one of the guys, and he fell off. But he was tethered, so he was hanging below the skiff, like 20 feet down on a rope. Well, Dustin, at somewhat my prompting, decided to jump off the ship to try to land onto one of the skiffs. And he failed miserably. So then I gave him an extra one last chance roll, and he made it. So he actually caught the body. (laughs) So he was hanging onto the dead body under the ship for a while. It was pretty awesome. You guys managed to repel the, the pirates. Your character stayed with the the pregnant lady, and it's so he was delivering a baby while <laughs> when that, he came back later to fight. But there was a point where the the young girl with the the ball, which we're calling the miracle ball, snuck into that room, and she was just kind of standing by. And you even mentioned to Blaine's character that it's a miracle that those babies survived because they were breached. It was twins, so more than likely, if she had not been present with this miracle ball, the babies would have died. Um, so she snuck in and, and stayed long enough for that to happen. Then she actually got on top of the railing and just jumped off the sky ship. Again, holding on to the miracle ball. You guys got on one of the sky skiffs, which he had taken control of, flew down there, and miraculously, she survived the fall and then started running through the woods. You guys weren't able to drive the skiff through the woods, so you got off and you were tracking her. And that's where we ended, is with you guys tracking her through the snow in the forest. And right as we ended, the tracks just stopped, and you don't know where she went. So you're following tracks, deep snow, oh. no more tracks. Um, I should have listened. <clears throat> well, I can't, you don't have the podcast. Right? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll be up soon. So that is where you guys basically will start. For those listening, Evan was not able to be here tonight, and Rob, who you should know from the Made Men games as Omi, has stepped back in for a, uh, for a while. So he's actually going to play Blaine for the evening. Because this will very likely be the last of these episodes. So we'll sort of finish this up with him playing that character. So you guys are in the forest. Lots of snow. Her tracks disappear. Eventually you realize that what she must have done is backtracked at some point And walked back through her tracks or otherwise tricked you guys. So you walk backwards and of course your sky skiff is now gone. 
and that is where we're actually going to have you guys camp because it's late at night. Uh, so this night will pass. So if, if I got my cards right, I think at this point you have 11 days left to get back to the city before it's lost. How many uh, <clears throat> hit dice? One? You would have D6, two now. Since you're two. second level, you would have two hit dice. So you guys, you're going to spend the night here in the snow. We'll just kind of narratively go through that. So you're fully hit points, fully hit dice, and you have all your spells back. And uh, Dustin, you would have your two key points. Oh, yeah. So you guys wake up the next morning quite cold. And at this point, she has stolen your sky skiff. And you have no idea where she's at. You, you have 11 days to return the Ball of Miracles to the city of Camelot. Or Calamot. Change the nail in them there. Uh, before all hell breaks loose. So what would you guys like to do? Well, we got to get to that place. So. Until you have the mir- Ball of Miracles, it we doesn't no matter. Correct. Is the ball doing anything? Evan's ball. Or, oh, sorry. So we have one. Blaine's ball. Go ahead and roll me a D20 there. Fill in Blaine. 14. 14. You, because the ball has been acting a little bit weird lately. The ball shows where the other ball is. Well, sort of. It kind of gave like a tugging sensation, but it stopped doing that for a while. And you think that you feel a pull in a direction. Not not certain, but it's better than nothing. I want to like stick my hands into the into the bag and just put my both my hands on the ball and see if that does that feel do I feel any more tension as to where it's it doesn't really polarity no, it is no it doesn't really change anything but you definitely even if I like I, I think and I concentrate like man I you're pretty sure that it is leading you in a direction it's just not a strong pull okay I'll relay that to these guys that it wants us to go this way. Okay. Unless you have any other suggestions, uh, you guys are going to go that way? Yeah, we, we can't. Are we clothed for this? Not really. Adventure? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you guys, are you're not, like, naked, but you're probably not wearing heavy, not? He- heavy winter gear either. So you guys travel for about six hours through the forest. It's It's a pretty thick forest, so not as much snow has gotten down, but it's still heavy snow, very difficult to trudge through. You hear the normal sounds of a forest around you, certainly animals and predators, but nothing really seems to bother you. About the end of six hours, at this point you guys are probably close to exhausted, you come upon a scene where it looks like a tree has been cut down, and there is an elf male sitting cross-legged, sort of like almost like he's meditating, facing away from you. So knees bent like uh, American Indian style, Sitting there, the long, flowy, silvery elf hair. You can clearly see the elven ears, but just seems completely at peace, seems completely oblivious to you. I say we leave him alone. I want to throw a snowball at him. If you would like to throw a snowball at him, you may. How how old did you say he looked? You can't really tell. uh, Elves really aged differently. And really, I probably shouldn't have even said it was a male, because all you can see is the elf, the hair. He doesn't look like an elder, though. He doesn't look super old. You can't see. That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> is the ball doing anything? Still mm. just pulling in the one direction? Yeah. Has it gotten any stronger? Not really. No? Okay. I want to take a snowball. I'm going to yell out to him, Hello, stranger! I want to cast light on the snowball okay. so it's glowing bright. I want to throw it at him so when it hits it, it'll be like this giant sparkle <laughs> of light going all around him. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of the snowball... Explosion, though. That's kind of a cool image. 
All right, so um, you grab your snowball, you cast light on it. Rise, you're about to throw it. Carter. <laughs> what was my name? Was Scott. Name. Scott's the name of your nemesis. Was it Scott? Yeah. You uh, you yell out. So with with the grace that uh, that elves are known Scott? for, he lively moves out of the way just at the right moment because the snowball goes flying harmlessly past him and lands in the snow beyond. So sorry. He just sort of turns. You can clearly now see that it's a male. Uh, I don't know what your character because you guys are all human. You're the only one that's a half orc. You guys would be familiar with elves in this world. They're you know they're common and um, probably. You know, adventure age, same sort of age you guys are, an elf equivalent, you know, in the prime of his life. But based on what he's wearing, you can't see any ornate symbols that would say cleric, no no robes that look like wizard. He does have a, a bow and a short sword. So as far as, like, he seems like he's competent in the woods, but you're not sure. But you don't see any animal companions <laughs> currently around him. There's different classes for him. Yeah. So he just looks at each of you in turn, but doesn't, still hasn't said anything. I want to point to Carter and be like, it was him. He doesn't seem to care. He sort of turns his head almost like a dog, like, but then he looks the other way, and finally he speaks. He goes, what brings you into these woods? You are far from civilization and not dressed for this travel. You're telling us. Just passing through. <laughs> so you are not seeking the woman with the miracle ball? Yes, with that skanky bitch. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly who we're looking for. Unfortunately. She still have her skip. I believe that she has gone into the crypts far into the forest. It is in a natural place that I had wished to let leave undisturbed. If you seek her, I will take you there so that you may rid her from our woods. Sounds about the right place. Lead the way. <laughs> you have such a charming personality there, Bard. Yeah, well, remember, he, remember, he's not a good Bard. Like, <laughs> like that's in the story. He's not very good at that. That's See, true. secretly, it's not that Scott's an asshole. It's that he's an idiot. So just a tone deaf bard. <laughs> just, and, well, no social skills at all. Like he's supposed to be this charming guy, and he's just not like the William Hung of bards. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he's, he's so bad, what? but it's it's so unique that you're just like you're, it's just like I can't. Sit it's down. like an old vaudevillian act. Like it's really bad, and you almost think that's the point. Like it's supposed it's to be bad. bad that it's funny, <laughs> but it's not. It's just not. It's like good. is it a B movie or <laughs> it's right. not good? So without another word, he jumps off the snow, and you notice that when he lands on the snow, he doesn't sink in. Like he's walking across the top of the snow. Um, Jesus, elf. Well, or legless. And uh, without other word, he just starts walking off uh, into the woods. Roll me a charisma roll, Blaine, fill in. 18. But, uh, well, let's see here. Uh, would that be with, oh, plus one, 20, or 19. Okay. Uh, after, again, I'm assuming you guys are following him. After about an hour, you notice that he seems to be going in a different direction than what your ball is leading you. Not completely opposite direction, but your ball seems to want to go like towards the right, and he's sort of forking to the left. Noted. Okay. He doesn't make small talk. He doesn't, and if you guys talk to him, he'll talk back, but he doesn't go out of his way to interact with you at all. He just continues to lead you on. And he's he's in a, going in a pretty straight direction. Like, he's not meandering. He's going pretty much straight. Uh, and he's going at a pace that you can keep up. He obviously has an easier time by walking on the snow. And he sort of leads you down trails that are probably easier to follow. But... Unless you seek out interaction with him, he just walks in front of you. I'm going to ask him about the local elf venues. The venues? Venues. It's like places to play. Okay. 
we we don't get many of, of your kind Scott's, in these woods. Scott's a racist, so he, he wants nothing to do. Actually, this he's, is, is he's heard of Scott. Scott is one of the few bards that have gone as, into as the elven woods. and I was concerned, this was an untapped market. <laughs> no, Scott actually has been here already. Hoping maybe I'd get here before, you know, he would taint them to my... No, he, uh, they actually like Scott a lot. He was a fantastic performer. One of the few people to ever he's get a, a standing ovation. Well, the, of, the elven council actually gave him a standing ovation. First time in like... Hundreds of years that has happened. So he continues to walk. At this point, you guys have walked about nine hours, starting to get dark. He doesn't seem inclined to stop and rest unless unless you guys ask him to. He seems like he's going to push on through the night. You continue to move in a direction different than what your is, ball is telling is you. Any stronger or still? Still not stronger, but you're more confident that you're not going in the at least in the direction that your ball wants you to go. You're still Blaine's character still new to this, so. It's not like it's a GPS and you know that you're going the yeah, wrong direction. that's kind of what... Uh, but there's a feeling that your ball is trying to give you, and this seems to be opposite of that, or different than that, I should say, not opposite. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, is I don't have all day to think about this. Like, how's my character? I don't know. I'm trying to think what I want to say to him or how I want to word it so it's not like... Calling him out. You don't even know where the fuck you're going. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's, he would try and steal the ball. Are we still heading, this is I guess what I'd say is, are we still heading in the, the most direct path to our destination? So you're going to ask him that? He he stops for a minute and turns and goes, not the most direct, the safest. Okay. So he continues to walk it. Unless you yeah, guys do anything, he will walk I through the entire night. All right, everybody give me a constitution check, DC 12. No. Oh, no. That was a 17. I rolled. Rolled a two. Uh, well, seven, but. Okay, so you three are fatigued. That makes sense out of a wizard. Ugh. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Maybe I'm not fatigued. If I thought I stood a chance with uh, getting a good gig, I would have. You know, I wouldn't be so downtrodden. So, I, I was mistaken. There is no actual fatigued uh, condition in DNX, so I'm gonna make up my own. So essentially, you have the option if you failed. You can either voluntarily give up one of your hit dice, so you'd only have one left, or you take negative two on all your actions until you take a rest. I will um, just take one off my hit. Okay. <laughs> uh, Travis, that's Dustin, that's what you're doing? Yes. And Nick, that's what you're doing. Okay. So you guys push through the entire night. Uh, the next morning, it's continuing to get cold. It's actually getting a little bit colder. It's starting to snow again, so it's even a little bit slower going. He still hasn't really interacted with you unless you interact with him. And even more so, it feels like your ball is is telling you that this is not the right direction. I'd like to start just like a... You have 10 days now. Just keep that in mind. 10 days before all this was for nothing. <laughs> um, just a, a conversation with him about if he'll, if he'll even interact with me. I mean, yeah, if he's extremely personable if you... Try to talk to him, but he's where not... He, where he hails from and what's he doing out? How did he get out here in the woods? And... He doing? Uh, well, if you ask any questions, uh, he, he will tell you his name is Alamon, and he is the protector of this forest. He's, he is a part of a druidic order, though he is not a druid. He is part of their order. He's similar to a ranger. I Yes, he uh, he protects these woods, and the animals of the forest had told him of your plight, and so he put himself in your way 
to offer guidance. That just seems too helpful. Too convenient. How much longer is the safer way than the other way? If we continue this version of travel, we should arrive tomorrow. Oh, God. We're going to be probably late in the evening. At that point, could we get a rest? Well, absolutely, you can rest, but that will that will mean that she will have even longer. We are in a time crunch, too. Uh, if we left from this point here and headed in through the unsafe diversion, how much longer would it take us to get there that way? It would probably cut off several hours. It would still be tomorrow morning versus maybe tomorrow night. Before uh, you then, yeah, we'll just, I would say, continue this way. Um, yeah, I agree. Does he know any spells or anything that would be able to help us from being fatigued or help speed this process along? Uh, unfortunately, no. He is not yet far enough along in his studies to build magic. And this whole time, again, you guys are continuing to mm-hmm. walk. Um, so you walk that entire day. Uh, you're getting deeper and deeper into the forest. Snow continues to fall, getting a little bit little bit deeper. So the travel is getting a little bit harder. Are you guys going to take a rest or continue to walk through the night? He's protector of the forest. Couldn't he just teleport there? Isn't that how that works? Uh, no. Damn it. So you guys... He can't call any of his friends who could carry us to move faster? <laughs> he summons hey. <laughs> The, the, the beasts of the forest are my friends, not my servants. They will only carry you if they wish. You don't, you, you don't, uh, owe, they don't owe you any favors, really? Well, no. you could just say, hey, if you don't help us, there won't be a forest. I don't know threatening. There will always be a forest. Perhaps we will not be here to enjoy it, but the forest will thrive long after we're gone. If we, Sounds threatening to me. If we take a short rest, we can get there. We'll be there in the morning. Just Probably to, afternoon. A, a short rest is like a full hour, but for you guys to get the fatigue, you have to have a long rest. Gotcha. So basically the way this will work is if you guys travel through the entire night, you will either have to lose another hit dice, bless you, or you'll get negative three to everything, bless you, or you could take a short rest and it won't get any worse. So you won't actually get unfatigued, but you won't get worse if you take a short rest. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, means. Okay. He says, okay, um, I will scout on ahead and, and see if maybe I can get some of my animal companions to offer you assistance. If you guys would like to rest here for an hour or two, I'll be back shortly. And then he walks into the woods. So an hour passes. You guys are starting to feel not better, but ready to, to carry on. Um, he has not yet returned. Well, this guy's just not punctual. Yeah. You know elves. They, they're on their own time. What was his name? Um, Alamon. We start yelling for Okay. Alamon! So, you see the bard start to call out. There is no response. Yeah, ask the squirrel nearby if they see him. About another half hour goes by. So it's been an hour and a half? It's been an hour and a half. At two hours, we're going to start heading out again because he said to an hour to two hours. Okay. So two hours, he still hasn't responded to your calls. He has not returned to camp. Do you guys want to head in the direction that he was going or the direction that... I have some pull. Yeah, you guys have taken a two-hour rest, so now it's actually getting dark. So you're you're heading into night. Or do you just want to rest for eight hours, then we get all our stuff, and then we'll still be there tomorrow. And we're still waiting for the elf then, too. Ten days at this point. Of course, it's fine. How many days travel are we? Walking it took, through a woods it took that we four don't days know. to get 
from city to the other city through the swamp. So you have six days to get the ball, get back to that city. It's close. So we've got three days to screw around. Pretty much. Three days would be, cl- even that might be iffy. So if we rest, we're going to have two days left. Oh, I guess I was looking at the days wrong. I, I, I was under the impression that after tomorrow we had nine days. We, you would, but again, it took, and you weren't there for it, it took four days to get from the first city to the second city. But if city. we can find the I skiff. I understand. The days that is true. If you find before. the flying skiff, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you that's can a get lot, there. That's putting a lot on okay. finding the skiff again, though. Well, oh, no, we'll go. Now, I, I was under the impression that we had nine days from this point, not from four days. Cast some lights, so we're heading on. All right. Okay. I want to continue to throw light snowballs at Carver, or Carter. Carter, okay. So you guys continue trudging through the snow. Uh, you're now changing direction towards where your ball seems to be pulling you. Through the te- treacherous part. You guys are now getting deep into night. Uh, since you rested again, your fatigue has not got worse, but you still only have the one-hit dice or the negative two. And... Uh, Cue the monsters. Yep. About that time, you hear... Monsters always get stronger (laughs) in the dark. You hear sort of a low growling sound coming from the darkness outside of your light spell. And then it bays like a massive wolf. And then you hear the answering call of other wolves. You have been completely surrounded by wolves. Rolling it. Okay. So... Out of the darkness stalks two oversized wolves. These look like maybe pony sized. I mean, you could you could ride these oh, things. They, were these his friends that he went to get? They're fucking dire wolves. They are dire wolves. God. And then damn there it. are five regular sized wolves that are with him as well. How many dire wolves were there? Two. Two and five. Right, so there's so two seven. dire wolves that are sort of in the front. So as you guys are walking. They sort of come out of the shadows. They're about 45 degrees off to either side of whoever's in the lead. And then there are five regular wolves that have circled behind you. So there's seven total wolves. One of these guys is probably our druid friend, right? <laughs> Maybe. Hello, hello, brother wolves. Oh, <laughs> All right. wolf warned. Would you care for a song? So, Belial, you are first to go. I am going to cast Gust of Wind. Okay. Wait, well, we should talk with the wolf first. I don't know. You do what I, you want, Paul. I can't do anything because right. I'm way back so, in the initiative. So just to make sure, you probably were in front because you were the one leading because of the pull of the ball. Well, the way I was reading the card, well, it emanates. Before, before we get started, so you're in front. Where are the rest of you? Are you guys just going to go in this order? So you're back where you're sitting? Sure. I, I think I would have been behind Bilal just because I'm the tanky type, but he's leading. All right. So we would have Bilal first, then Glug, then then you two? Like, which one would be next? Which one would be I guess me, then him. Okay. So the way it was, so Blau's in front, Glug would be second, oh, Ando, and then Carter. All right. So you see the two dire wolves, you know, they, they just sort of stalk slowly into the light. So they're about 35 feet away from you, just at the edge of the light of his snowball light. Mm-hmm. They're probably 15 feet apart, at close to a 45 degree angle in front of you. And again, there's, there's five wolves that kind of encircle you. So there's like two on back here, two back here, and one directly behind you. No lord. So you guys understand how the scenes played out? All right, sir, you are first Belial. What would you like to do? I'll cast Gust of Wind. Okay. And what and does that do for you? A uh, line of swift-moving air that is 50 feet long and 10 feet wide emanates from you in uh, any direction you choose. Each creature in the line must succeed a uh, strength-saving throw or fall prone. Okay. 
So that will only hit one of them because they're 15 feet apart. You can still do that, but I don't. I think you were thinking you'd get more than one at a time. Yeah, I was hoping to. Now you could move. I guess I was and then thinking coming at them sort of sideways, and then maybe get both of them because they are in line with each other. But you would have to move first if you want to do that. Yeah, I was just hoping to. I'll move first then okay. and attempt it. All right. So you guys are walking in a line. You see Bilal sort of dart off to the right so that he can line up his shot, and he gusts the wind both of the dire wolves. All right. So do they roll saves then? Uh, yeah, they have to. Succeed a strength saving throw. Uh, I think we figured out your DC was 12. They both have a strength of two, so they need 10s or better. Both of them fail. So both dire wolves get toppled over. They kind of. No, it roll. isn't going to get any better than that right now, guys. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they topple over and they kind of like do that snowball thing where they roll a couple times and they're completely encased in like snow at this oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> Glug, you see that happen. So you've got two prone dire wolves within. 35 feet of you. 35 feet? Yes. It is. <laughs> your your well, movement's 35. Even Oh, I was going to say, even with his movement, are I'm you just I want to walk 10 feet forward. Okay. Big cast and inflict, inflict wounds okay. on one of them. All right. Uh, so we'll say one of them looks male, one of them looks female. The male has like a dark stripe. Mm-hmm. So that can be dark wolf one or male, just to keep them separate. All right. I'll just attack the male then. Okay. It has to make a constitution saving throw. Alrighty. I need an 11. I passed. Okay. So, uh, you take half of 3d8. Do you, do you round up or down? Or down two. Two points roll, Yeah, I real, rolled a two, a two, and a one. And then you took half that. That's pretty awful. Yeah, that's really bad. I was hoping that would be a lot better. Yeah, that was that was quite awful. All right, Endo. So, again, you were third person back, so you're pretty much dead center. You've got seven total wolves around you, five in the back, two in the front. Those, those two have already engaged, so you can pretty much go anywhere. But all of them are just outside of your range to hit them on this turn, unless you have some sort of ranged attack. Which I do not. Yeah. So I will just um, just take a defensive stance and just... You can, do, you can go defensive, or you also can hold. And wait and see yeah. if they come to attack and then go in front of them. Then I so will would hold. You like to hold. Yes. All right. Well, they actually go next, so that works out very well. So all five wolves in the back charge in, and they're all five going to attack you two. So essentially, I'll just let you go now. All five wolves are charging directly in towards you and Carter. So you can take your pick huh. on which one you want. I'll attempt to to kick one of them as it's running towards me. Okay. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen will hit. Well, actually, you're at... No, you, you spent the head dice. That's right. Never mind. Uh, six plus three, nine. Nine points of damage. Okay, so that wolf is what we are calling staggered. So it's at least at half its hit points or lower. So it, you kind of kick it. It probably cracks in a rib. It, it whelps like a dog. And it seems to take the fight out of it a little bit. So we will say that the first two that are left... So I'm, I'm just going to basically have that wolf not attack this turn. So the first two are going to attack Carter. And they do get a plus one bonus for each of them, so they're they're Take both at plus one. And That's what I want to do to my bulldog. They have a chance sometimes. of knocking you down. So we'll do these are both at plus four. I got a critical hit and a twelve armor class. On AC? Yes. Mine's thirteen. <laughs> Alright. So the one that hit is a critical hit, so it does seven plus one. It does eight points of damage. And because it did maximum damage, you are knocked prone. 
<laughs> this is Sorry, how it started. This is how it started in the other <laughs> game. One, one goes down, and then it just it goes from there. Quick just domino keeps going down. Right, so the other two are going to attack you. So again, they're both at a plus one. I'm at six health. Uh, a 13, or no, sorry, they're, they're at a plus 4. 16 and 12. Uh, my armor class is 16. Okay, so one of them hits you. It's D6 plus 1. Three points of damage. You are not knocked prone because you did not do max damage. Carter, you are prone. You have two wolves. One's got like a leg pulling you one way. One's got an arm pulling the other. What would you like to do? Um, yeah. Uh, I can't really cast anything on the ground. Sing! Sing! You can. I will probably give you the weakness to all beasts. Yes, the sound of music. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, let's go, Carrie Underwood. That's right. They both will leave your arms and legs and go for the throat at that point. (laughs) 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 No, I'll let you cast from your back. Uh, Is that when you attack, or is that when they get a saving throw? Um, Constitution saving throw. Constitution. Okay. What's his character's name? Carter. Carter. Yeah. Carter Van Trap, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's one on each side, so you can't get both of them. So, because um, there's two Wait, on it's, him. Uh, origi- originates on me. Um, it, it doesn't go out in a circle, though. It out from you. Each creature in a 15 cube ori- originating from you must make a constitution. All right, let me double check here. I think it's, I think it's a burst. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them advantage on their constitution saving throw. To kind of equate, equate to that. Okay. So they get a constitution save, right? Uh, DC, we believe, is 12. But you are allowing me to hit both of them. Yeah. So, because the whole part about them dragging you apart is really fluff. So I'm just going to say that you kind of rolled to the side and, you know, you were able to get both of them. Uh, so their con is plus one. So they need an 11. First guy passes with a lot. Second one passes with a barely, but passes. So it still does something. Yeah, right? it still does. Um... It takes half damage, is not full. Okay. Um, damage is 2d8. Wow, okay, I actually did. So, so five damage. Five damage to both and, of but them? But they're not full. Okay. So you see there's like this sort of boom, like a, you know, thunder without lightning that just goes out, and all the snow in around you just all kind of gets pushed back a little bit. A lot of the trees that were around shake violently. That and was not me. Their big weight of snow comes falling down. So for as a moment, you get, it's almost like you guys are in a snow globe. There's just this really thick, heavy snow falling down and obscuring well, all of you. <laughs> okay, it's now the dire wolves' turn. So the first thing they're going to do is sort of roll out of their snowball and shake themselves off, and then they're going to launch themselves. They're not prone anymore, huh? Are well, they attacking with licks? Yeah. Oh. No, they are not going to attack you with licks. Um, let me double check because it may be they're going to attack like my bulldog and walk across your lap and step on your balls. Hmm. Because well, I figured their entire action would have to be to get up, and they wouldn't be allowed to at least attack this turn. Actually, uh, the only thing they can do is stand up. So yeah. their entire movement is to stand up. So unless they well have any played, range, sir, which they do not. So yeah, so so that actually worked out very well. So back to the top, Belial. <laughs> so you now have. Two. I will cast burning hands at both those sons of bitches. Okay. You can do oh, that. That is that three. A touch spell, is it not? No, it, it, it's it shoots a, out like a, almost it like It describes thunder. it. It's like this. <laughs> you touch your thumbs together like that. And then a thin flame that reaches out 15 feet, and I can move it like okay. that. And then it. Now, is that an attack, or do they get saved? Well, I believe they do get a saved attack, too. Hold on. So you make the Wu Tang Clan right. symbol with your hand. They take 3d6 fire damage on a failed save. And is it a dex or constitution save? And half as much damage on a successful one. It just says creatures take three dexterity. Dexterity. Okay, and so they get plus two. 
So they need a 10. Both of them passed. So, so they take half damage? Half damage. All right. Yeah. So half of 11. So six Five. and a half. Yeah, it rounds down. Huh? Yeah, you always round, round down up. in D&D. All right, Glug. So, again, you see that happen. So you now can attack any of the five that are around them. Mm-hmm. Unless you move forward, which I don't think you do, you still can't attack the direwolves because they are still at the same 35 yeah, feet. Yeah, I'm willing to uh, go, ba- go back and uh, help them. Okay. And walk up to the nearest one and swing my big weapon at I don't even know what kind of weapon I have anymore. <laughs> I got the stats. I don't know what it is. Okay. We'll say it's a mace. It should say on that. I think it's, I think it's a hammer. Okay. It does 1d8 bludgeoning. Okay. So three of the wolves have, have been attacked. The one he kicked and the two he thunder So there's three that are injured and two that are not injured at all. They're all kind of circling and snarling. Do you want to attack one that's injured or one that has not been Preferably injured. injured. Okay. So there's the one he kicked and there's the two that he thunder That are still chewing on him? Yeah. Or do they fall back? I'll, they, I'll, they fell back a little bit. I'll attack the ones that he attacked. Okay. So I'll come up, smack one of them, hopefully, with... Ooh, nice. A 19 to hit. That will hit. Seven damage. All right, that one dies. So you crush its crush its spine with your hammer, and it breaks down. And I'm using my one my abilities to attack again. Okay. So I'm gonna try to attack the other one. Who attack of eight with a miss. Endo. So you now have the wolf that you kicked, and there's three other wolves. One of which has been injured. And one that has been not injured at all, and the one you kicked already. I'll go after the one that I kicked. Okay. Solid plan. Oh, critical miss. Critical miss. That's not going to be good. All right. So it is now the wolf's turn. So the wolf Dang. that you kicked the first time is that you just missed. Yeah. Is going to take the opportunity for your sort of slip on the snow and your unbalancedness to attack you. Bad dog. Um, that gives he's at a plus five to hit you because oh. of all the other wolves. Well, that one's going to hit. And, yeah, that's a really high... Well, it's like an 18. One, two points of damage. Ah. So not bad. <laughs> Suck it, dog. All right. Oh. So the other one is going to attack you as well with a 15, that 17. didn't have anything on it. Yep. Yeah, he's, he rolled a blank die because he likes to roll two. Five points of damage the second time. <sighs> okay, so the other two wolves are going to attack Carter. Fading because fast. Because you're still prone, they both get advantage. Okay, first one hit. Second one hit. How bad you looking? I'm going down like a Eight, right, ten points of damage total. I was at six. I'm at negative four. You're at negative four. Okay, we need to keep up with that. Negative four. four no. Carter. All right, Carter. <laughs> negative four. You need to roll a Constitution saving throw. I have one die. Well, no, you just roll a D20. You need to get a ten or better. That wolf still on you. Not getting that. Nineteen. Oh, Nineteen. Okay, nothing. Huzzah! You need a twenty, so you get. Basically one check mark. When I hit to roll twenty. No, if you roll twenty, you actually yeah, get to get back in the fight. What happens if I just keep rolling? Uh, eventually, you'll get three successes and you stabilize, or you get three failures and you die. If you get attacked again, you automatically take two negatives. So you could die next turn if they attack you again. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Well, at least I'll go out and play. All right. So now the dire wolves are going to attack. One dire wolf is going to attack you because you seem to be casting the flames, and then the other one's going to attack you because you have done the most damage. So dire bit. Wait, the dire wolf is? Yes. Okay. So, so dire wolf number one is going to run up and attack you. Because they're separating, they don't get that pack advantage. Uh, he gets a plus five to attack. That's a 16 versus armor class. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> is that even a question? 
He just ate your head. Oh. And he rolled for 48. And uh, it's not that bad. Uh, nine points of damage. <laughs> not that bad, huh? I know. Yeah. I, I got that at Gen Con. I like those a lot. Second one's going to attack Glug, and he's going to miss. They, they should. All right, Belial, back to you. So you have a dire wolf that's essentially hovering over top of you. Cocksucker. Well, it's the male. It's the one that has been wounded oh, the so worst, uh, but it's not staggered. It's a weird name for a dog. Like what? Cocksucker. <laughs> then I will cast Thunder Wave. Okay. So this should be your with final a loud spell. crack. Yes, is my last spell that I've been debating. But with a thunderous force sweeps out from you, each creature in a fifteen foot cube originating from you must make a con saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes. 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed back 10 feet away from you. Okay. On a successful save, it only takes half damage. Alright, so this is a constitution saving throw. You need a 12, so he needs an 11. Passes. God damn it! <laughs> Son of a... Alright, so you still take half damage. So go ahead and roll oh. your damage. Well, uh, that was 2d8. I'm hoping I... That's a d10. Damn! <laughs> he rolled a 7 on 2d8. Oh. I got a 12! <laughs> yeah, wow! Alright. Roll high. Roll high. Seven. Seven. <laughs> so Three. However, the creature is now staggered, so he's at half hit points or less. Huzzah. Alrighty. Glug. Guess what? I'm at half hit points, too. <laughs> or less. So or less. to Carter, because I just took care of that wolf. So, so you now have four wolves and one dire wolf all around you. Omoi reached down and cast Spare the Dying on Carter. So Carter is back to one health. And, the, and then Omoi, because that's a swift action, then I want to use my real action as Cure Wounds, and he regains 2d8 two two plus 2 health. Okay, you got to roll that? He does. Well. Yeah, you would roll it because you're the one casting the spell. Yeah, okay. Uh, six, seven, thirteen, fifteen. Fifteen points. So, so sixteen. Well, you went to one. Yeah, you went to one, and then you got fifteen more. So you're so at sixteen. I'm, I, well, I'm at fourteen. <laughs> so you're back to full health, but unfortunately, I think you're prone. Yeah, way to go! Could it get? Can it? Uh, I put you at negative four to fourteen. Endo. So uh, basically, at this point, all the wolves are pretty much, other than the one he's fighting, they're all close together. You have. Your free target. The problem is now that they're all together, they all get that pack mentality, so they're all going to be at pluses. Bastards. I don't get a choice. It's just one. You did this on purpose. I did my best. That's all I could do. I just learned my spell. Well, what kind of weapon does he even have? A staff. He also he has a ma- he has a magical dagger. Bad dog. He doesn't know exactly what it does, but he knows it's magical. I actually gave out two magic items early in this game. I don't believe it. I'm gonna. I'm going to go on faith with you, Michael, on possible last-ditch effort on maybe doing something cool with that. Okay. And I believe you have magic armor. The, you, know, you do, actually. Whoa. That's right. Actually, your armor class is one higher than you think it is. Whoa. Hold on. Let's go back in time now. Uh, unfortunately, no. Um, so don't forget, you do have your key points. So right. it may be at the point of the game where we may want to start looking at using those. That's what I was thinking I was going to use. Okay. So you can... Sorry? Change that to a 14? Yes. So you have the option of either attacking with advantage or attacking twice without advantage. I think I want to attack twice. Okay. You get. Are right, so you going to take it twice with advantage? If you give me uh, both of them, that's what that means. No. Okay. So you get to attack twice with flurry of blows. Are you attacking the uh, female direwolf? 
or you want to attack the wolves because you could attack two different wolves and try to take out two. But metagaming, you probably don't do enough damage to take out a wolf in one. I'll do the dire wolf. Okay, it's the bigger threat. The female one. Seventeen was good, and then nine, thirteen. Both of them, those will hit. All right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, six on one. Nine. So three more or nine more? Uh, nine more. So there's three, and I have three oh, plus okay. three. Okay. You took one of them out. So the female dire wolf goes down. <laughs> Take that, bitch. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> All right. Female dog. The wolves <laughs> Play turn. dead. All righty. So. Yeah. Or just die. The Doesn't dire wolf matter. that has been attacking you will attack you again, Dustin. Will miss. The other dire wolf will attack you. So attacking 16? him or me? 16. 16 hits. Okay. Seven points of damage and you're knocked prone. All right. So the other two are going to attack you and you're already prone. You got hit once. And that was a, The other one was at 11 though. I have a, a 14 AC. They get like plus yeah, five. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Three points of damage. Okay. So the female dire wolf was taken out by Ando's flurry of blows. The, the, the male dire wolf is staggered and he's still sort of attacking you. There are four other regular wolves that are left and they're all circling around because these guys are all kind of close together. So they're just, again, it's very fluid. They're moving and jumping and barking and yapping and he's still on the ground, blood covering the snow from his wounds that he's healed, but blood's still there. So there's like red mush that you guys are all stepping in and still snowing and like slightly obscuring your vision. And now it is Carter's turn. So you are prone and you're being eaten by two wolves. Um, I'm going to cast uh, Call to Battle. There's nothing to roll. It's just a... Everyone gets an extra D4 when rolling damage. So. so if you hit, you get to draw an additional D4 for damage. That's right. I was waiting on that. Yes. Alrighty. And that would be the Dire Wolf. So the main big Mamma Jamma Dire Wolf is going to try to eat you. It did not knock you prone, right? You're not prone? No, I'm not prone. Because he gets bonuses against you if you're prone. I know they do. Uh, that's probably going to hit with... That's probably the end of my life. 15? Yeah. 11 points of damage. I'm fucking dead as shit. <laughs> what, what exactly are you at? Uh, negative... Negative 6. Alright, and what is your total amount of hit points? Like, what's your maximum normal? 14. Okay. If you get negative 14, you're dead. And you have to start making your saving throws next turn. Alright, and it's your turn. So the first thing you gotta do is roll saving throw. Uh, what am I? Uh, D twenty. D twenty. Just straight roll. You need to get ten or better. Nine. Of course, I would be the way it fucking works. Two more of those, and you're dead. You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at The RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The RPG Academy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.